Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You want to be a good archaeologist? You gotta get out of the library! Hey everyone, welcome back to the Underrated Podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss the films that we find underrated, underappreciated, and the ones that have just slipped under the radar and passed everyone by... I am one of your hosts, Derek McDuff, and joining me, as always, are the other hosts, Alan Torres. Hey, everybody, what's going on? And Ariel Ortiz. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about a film that, while it was a box office success, part of a very successful franchise, did pretty pretty good critically, is one of the most reviled films on the internet to the point where a lot of people like to pretend it doesn't even exist, but we decided to cover it now because the fifth installment in this beloved franchise is about to release, but we are going to today be talking about film number four, and that is, of course, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Everybody knows what this movie is, so I don't really need to explain everything. After many, many years, Last, uh, Last Crusade had been released in 89, in 2008, Crystal Skull was a long-awaited. A lot of people thought it would never come out, and the internet had its had its thoughts on it, uh, which you know I, I might disagree with a little bit. But uh, before before we get into that, Alan, why don't we start with you? What did you think about Indiana Jones Four? I liked it a lot, dude. When it came out, I was shocked at, at how many people despised it like i remember the day uh after the day it came out you know because this is this was around the time like midnight showings were really big so people were like i'm gonna go watch it and literally over here in california or over here in socal we have a radio station called k-rock and ralph garman who was one of my favorite you know personalities there he's still going on he has his own podcast and everything with kevin smith he was like they like they had a whole segment of calling people in and just berating the film like they were like oh my god it's so fucking aliens what the fuck oh my god the fridge oh my god this like there was everybody had something to complain about and i was just like dude what the hell like that whole morning was just reviews nonstop of how much it was horrible and how bad it was da, da, da. and i still went to go see it that night and i walked out going dude what the fuck that was great like i had a great time with it I really liked it a lot, and what kind of, I disagree a lot with the internet says about it, I know they have their whole, I will say, yeah, the fridge thing is a little yeah, <laughs> wild, but I'm like, okay, how how is it hard for you to believe that he can survive a fridge, but then there's a fucking knights, not, not, not knights, a crusader sitting in a fucking room <laughs> for like thousands of years in one of the movies, and then another movie, a guy gets his heart ripped out. And mm -hmm. there's Indiana Jones has always had like these really big kind of like they're almost unbelievable fantastical scenes, but like that's the beauty of them. That's what mm -hmm. makes them fun. That they're all you know, um, what's the term? Uh, you know that they're kind of slightly supernatural, slightly sci-fi. Oh my god, what's the term? It, it's that genre mythical? of like not mythical um, fantasy. No, no, no. Like like jumping. Are you talking know, about suspension of disbelief type of thing? Yeah, but it, the like the mummy, you know what? Like the the Brendan Fraser mummy is 
swashbuckling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's swashbuckling. And I'm like, swashbuckling is usually pretty, like, fantastical. Like, you know, they're jumping off cars and jumping into windows and, like, shooting. Like, it's all really fun. And I felt like that's what this movie delivered. It delivered on all that stuff. And it had, like, the mythical, the sci-fi. And I don't, I, I couldn't understand why people had such a disbelief about aliens, where... I remember around that same time, there was, like, UFO sightings over here in SoCal, and there's, like, always been UFO sightings. And I'm like, it's the same thing with the paranormal, same thing with Supernatural. I'm like, I don't know why these other three films get a pass on a lot of the shit they get away with. But this one, it was like, mm no, oh my god, blah, 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 aliens are unbelievable, whatever. Like, And then the Crystal Skulls has always been, like, a big legend, so I'm like... There, you have the legend of that, then you have like j- just like the same legends in the other films, and I just didn't understand it. I know some people were like, Oh, well, Shia LaBeouf, he's gonna try and like usurp Harrison Ford and take over the role, but I'm like, No, I don't think so. I think it's just trying to expand on the lore. And I don't know that there was always something that people had about it that I just was kind of like going, You know what, dude, you got a bad case of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And you are letting your nostalgia just kind of like, it's weird. I, I feel like nostalgia, it, it's still going on to this day. It, people are chasing that dragon. They're, they're, they're like, I want to feel the same way I felt when I watched it as a kid, as a, when I saw Star Wars as a kid, when I saw Indiana Jones as a kid, Jurassic Park, whatever. And I won't lie, it's probably going to happen one day with the Marvel, DC, all these comic book films that they're going to be like, I liked it when it came out that time. And then new ones are going to come out. And then they're going to bitch about it. I, I, I think the biggest thing that hurt this film is the nostalgia factor. And I'm pretty fucking sure this new one that's coming out, Indy 5, where there's already reviews coming out, I think it's going down the same route. I, we haven't seen it, obviously. It's still not out yet at the time of the recording. But I feel like a lot of it's, again, the nostalgia factor, that chasing the dragon, It's it's not hitting the same high. But... Sorry, I had a lot to say about it. I've been defending this movie ever since it came out because I always liked it a lot. But yeah, sorry. No, on, on to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy it very much. I, I it's it's still not the worst one, which is Temple of Doom is the worst one in my. Thank opinion, you. So. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, um, it is. But it, it, I think the the reason why it was so hard to to ex- for people to accept was the alien of it all. While like in the other movies, even with Temple of Doom, it was more based in like a mythicism, mythos, like kind of fantasy, religious kind of tweaking kind of thing. So it was a lot more of a groundedness to it than they're not really like that too. Is like um, they're not really like alien aliens or interdimensional beings, meaning that they're like a different dimension, mm-hmm. um, dimensional being and not aliens themselves. Um, it, but then they do show an actual outer space alien, so so it kind of negates that even that kind of notion as well. But yeah, like uh, I I was rewatching it today with with the bro, and you know he kind of always comes in with like a very um, not critical, but like an understanding and view and interpretation of the movie of like where things are, and also like historical things of of. The original name of this movie was Indiana Jones and the Saucerman, but but Steven Spielberg. That's a rad uh, name. That I was, that was that. one of the yeah. Because it had been kicked <laughs> around for a while. That was one of the potential it, ones. It was on a script, the one of the initial scripts by George Lucas. Yeah. And um, he's like, I, I, we can't, we can't put that name <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. And and yeah, like uh, um, we kind of like boiled, ended up boiling it down to like overall the movie isn't really a really good and very true. And going off of that nostalgia factor, very true to the essence of Indiana Jones and and an adventure itself. There's just a li- like a few moments where it, it like jumps the shark in things. So and we boiled it down to like three, I think. So we boiled it down to to the monkeys <laughs> the monkey swinging mm-hmm. scene the a- aliens themselves and then yeah the fridge like those are just the three moments that that you could kind of like have some kind of clout to arguing about um but even then like it's just kind of like okay you could get over it like i was even 
kind of pitching to 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 uh, my brother of like uh like well like they they could they didn't need the monkeys they could have cut, cut <laughs> the monkeys he could have fallen fallen into Marion's car and then they he sees like a vine to swing on and like crap and like enter back into the scene that way kind of thing uh, but but yeah like it, it overall it is really cool it's a really cool adventure it, it like one of the things like it, that they could have done instead of like going full ham with the with the aliens themselves is just actually have like a story of el dorado and and kind of base it more in the mythicism like they have like the original three and what i feel i'm feeling like they're going to do with with Dial of Destiny, it's going to kind of go back to that more mythical kind of element. I know there is like an element of time travel, but even that is kind of like, well, that's based on kind of science and things like that. And also like mythicism. So, so I think that they, yeah, like uh, at least the fifth one, I feel like has a little bit more of a strong foot to stand on than, than kind of jumping the shark to like a more, extra not even interterrestrial kind of situation and and yeah but going back to this film it is such a fun movie i and like yeah i really do love the dynamic between harrison ford and shia labeouf you know really do hope that that shia labeouf's character and and marion they they get um mentioned and and like are integrated in some way into the new one because like i I still feel like the character of Mutt Williams or or Henry Jones the third, it it ha- he has like a really strong foot to carry on the mantle, and it would be really awesome to kind of see that yeah he he has a, an act for archaeology or or you know more so treasure hunting and all this and and I I still would love to enjoy like you know a continuation of passing the torch to to like his son then to like this random new character that potentially is going to be introduced and yeah like i I like the while last crusade is my favorite and like it um i feel like it has even that kind of elements to it with with like um william hurt um hurts character kind of like standing uh being the kind of like um avatar his father well um sean connery um, no, 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 no! I'm talking oh, about. Oh, it's a. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, oh John Hurt. John Hurt. Yeah, he's John Hurt. Little... There you go. Yeah. John Hurt. Yeah. 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 Um, like in that way of like him being like a kind of like a mentor figure to him. Yeah, they did go to school, but together. But he was probably an older classman to him, and um, so he, it's like John Hurt's character was like someone to to like you know look up to for him, and and you get that. Like care, but they, that he really does care for him, and and so you have that dy- dynamic, um, really awesome, um, action scenes like the both car, kind of action moments of of like the beginning in the warehouse, and and then like the rocket car, and and all all that kind of chase was really awesome and really well choreographed, and it, it's really awesome to kind of see like the waning of ability from from indiana jones and like you know he's older and and things like that and then like the the jungle our fight scene was really awesome to see you know and and yeah i mean the action is actually really good in this movie like mm-hmm. i think it action wise it is like in the top tier of all these all all these movies so far um i think it might be in action like the the second at least in in the action um front for for an indiana jones movie so so yeah i I really feel like it it sucks it's like it's not the nostalgia and that that people wanted or you know kind of stupidly wanted but it in its true sense it does have the the true essence of indiana jones and his movies Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear that you guys liked it because I was, I was very nervous to talk about this movie, and it's one that I had actually had slated to talk about since we started this podcast. But I was always just like, people are gonna hate me for defending Indy Four because people always do. People are always like, like you guys said, like you have def- said, you, Alan, you've been spending you know 15 years, however many years, 
defending this movie from people on the internet who are just like, oh yeah, it's a trilogy. That other one doesn't exist. Blah, blah, blah. And I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head with the people get wrapped up in their nostalgia and it's never going to match what they had imagined of their childhood memories. Like if they release Last Crusade today, people be like, it's not the same as the old ones, you know, because mm-hmm. it's it's their childhood memories of the thing. And those first three were really fossilized in amber kind of because especially for our generation i was born i'm the oldest one of us i was born a couple months after last crusade came out so those were all movies that had existed in the past indiana jones was a complete thing it was over there was three movies they all had kind of existed equally for me they weren't getting introduced doled out and then it's after i'm an adult i'm 18 years old i'm a fully formed person there uh, and for years and years and years i heard rumors you know about oh they're writing a new indie 4 there were so many starts and stops and a lot of that had to do with lucas and spielberg and ford couldn't all get on the same page and a lot of that was lucas trying to make it very much a more even more of an alien story like you said ariel with that original the title that he had written i can't remember who he like i think it was maybe m night Shyamalan did a draft that was going to come out in 2002 that might have had that title there's a lot of weird stuff going on with the script of this and then when it finally came out and it was a you know because of ford's age and because of them wanting to go in a little bit of a different direction and now it was about appropriate for it to be said in the 50s things were a little bit different and they're like it's not the same they changed it now it sucks and the internet can't be okay with things being different or even things just being kind of okay because like i said i think this is about on par with temple of doom for me i, I would put a temple of doom just above it but oh. i I like I like all I like all the <laughs> thing I love all these four movies. I think it's all not, four of them it's are not great. About the story. I just do not like the main girl. I do not the like main girl this guy's annoying. Is, yeah, well, it's 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 just annoying amazing, as fuck. But yeah, yeah it's yeah. just but I, yeah. I still like it. I, that's the thing. I like all four of them. Those first the, or one and three though are just in another category. Mm-hmm. And I know that yeah, there's some people who like Temple of Doom the, the best. And you know, I disagree with them, but like that's fine. That's their opinion. But I think that Temple of Doom and this one are the ones that are a little bit different. They're the ones these not fighting Nazis. It's not a religious, like a religious Judeo-Christian artifact. Not that Judeo-Christian is a thing, but like it's this whole, it's they're, they're kind of a little bit different of a piece. The tone is a little bit like it's two is really cynical. And this one's a little more kind of campy, I guess. I don't know the best way to put it. But I really do like that it is like it makes sense for it to be in the fifties because of the time that has passed. And I like the idea that we're gonna take this character. He's he's based on these thirties serials, and so the, all three of those came out in the eighties. So it made sense for all of them to be set in the thirties. And that character is very reminiscent of those pulp heroes who would punch Nazis and go do the things. And characters like you, you know, the Phantom and the, you know the Rocketeer would be another throwback like that we've talked about before. But now that character, you are supplanting those tropes and putting them into a new period. You're like combining these those tropes that Indy's associated with with the tropes from like instead of the pulp of the 30s, the B movies of the yes. 50s. So that means Absolutely. you have mm-hmm. so that means you you have to bring in the Soviets. And instead of it being about like we're gonna get this thing for power, it's like oh this the Cold War is all about spying on people and trying to secretly control everyone. So it's all gonna be like as instead of being like a secret like oh we're gonna use this the arc to like shoot laser beams or whatever. It's like no we're gonna get this to secretly control America and make you think our thoughts. That was that's such a Cold War thing. And I think Kate Blanchett is great in this. She's, mm-hmm. you know, doing her like evil like swords one thing. You know, it's a it's a different take on an indie villain, but I think is honestly probably other than Belloc from the first one, the best main bad guy in an indie movie. She is she's phenomenal. And there's a moment that I think is so perfect for showing the transition for what they're trying to do. And I think everyone forgets about it because it's directly after the worst part of the film, right after they nuke the fridge which is admittedly a dumb scene. Like, it's bad, it's dumb. <laughs> they stole it from a rejected draft of Back to the Future. But it's it's the moment when Indy, after he gets out, and he looks up, and you just see this him staring at this the atomic bomb. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Indiana Jones is now in the atomic age. He is now fully in this other thing. 
And I think that was such an amazing visual metaphor. Mm -hmm. It just happened to follow right after a moment that everyone was so mad at. So nobody even noticed it. But I, I think that the whole movie does a really good job with that. It it does. It Sometimes it's tough walking the line between the kind of serial pulp, like we're running from the native inhabitants, combining that with, you know, what the new, the aliens, Some, like you said, Ariel, maybe they could have done it a little bit differently with El Dorado, but I think overall it works. I don't understand why people were surprised that it's aliens. This movie was telegraphing that it's aliens the whole time. Mm -hmm. It starts with an alien from Roswell, crystal skulls. They're talking about how they're aliens. They're like, talk, like it's very clear that it's going to end with aliens slash interdimensional beings. And it's so 50s that it it makes a ton of sense that I was not taken out of it. And when people tell me, oh, well, if that's what it, it just like you, Alan, it just makes me really mad. And then, you know, just the one other thing I wanted to touch on real fast, too, is Ariel, you said you kind of liked that they might be passing the torch to Shia. I kind of like that they don't, that they give oh, you yeah, a little no, tease. I, I like that, too. Yeah. I like but I like I like the idea that it could happen. That I, That's the thing that I like. I yeah, the tease. Yeah, See, the I, tease. I, I, I like that the tease. He even says like not yet, Junior. Well, well that's what I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't say anything. He just mm -hmm. he, or, or like it's like because it gives you that movie moment where you're like the wind blows in and he's about to put it on and the John Williams score. Like by the way, John Williams, this is incredible. Like the John Williams magic is so much here in this movie too. But he's about to put it on and I, I remember in the theater being like, no, they better not fucking do it. They better not fucking do it. And then he snatches it back from, and I was like, good. He's still indie. Nobody else is indie. He's going to be indie. Shia's not going to be indie. Chris Pratt's not going to be indie. Like, nobody gets to be indie except for Indiana Jones. Maybe short round. I'll give it to him. But, like, I, I like that they're like, there is no passing of the torch here. This guy is Indiana Jones. And I, I, I really thought that was a great moment to end it on. I thought it was a great thing to end it, to bring back Marion from the first one to instead of doing the thing where it's like, oh, here's another love interest. Like, no, we're going to uh, go. Yeah. He's true love. Yeah. Marion Ravenwood. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, so glad to see her back. She's phenomenal in this. And also, I gotta say, people are really hard on Shia LaBeouf in this movie. I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I think she, he was really good. Especially I think he's phenomenal. Capturing that essence of like greaser, you know, like mm -hmm. the greaser, you kind of thing that he, I think it, he really played it off to that greaser angst as well. And like kind of oh, like yeah. being that representation of that era and and then also yeah that kind of era and the kind of like if indiana jones was his age in that time like indiana jones would definitely have been a like a greaser because he's kind of mm -hmm. like you know like that whole like i'm my own man and like i i have something to prove and and like i'm not i i like greasers were very much more well, except for greece <laughs> they were more scholarly and they you know they were kind of they're they're just like the outsiders and stuff like that so yeah yeah and it's great you know because he just like him he doesn't use his same name of henry he uses a name that he invented mm -hmm. for himself that is a dog related name uh which is mm -hmm. a nice little thing mm -hmm. uh there's a lot of like nice little easter eggs in this like there's apparently there's a picture of willie scott in here there's a lot of like references to marcus brody and a dad of course there's the, of course the ark which is the, the great easter egg but yeah shy is great in this uh, I don't. I, somehow, I think Ray Winstone gets a pass in this because I think that Mac is the worst character in any Indiana Jones movie, worse than Willie Scott, in my opinion. Like he's just, just like ah, well, it's a triple H, I'm not a triple H, it's a capital. Like I really don't. Yeah, like that him guy in this was film. pretty annoying. Well, uh, the thing is that they didn't catch on. Like he's like, oh, okay. Like he pulls like a, I'm, I'm part, I'm the C, I'm CIA and stuff like that. But he's still talking. That was the one thing I was like, you guys, like he's literally yeah, no. saying his true feelings. He keeps on talking about money, and it's like if he was CIA, actually CIA, he wouldn't be talking about no, money yeah. still. You know, he's, he's just he's just a really yeah. really annoying character that I don't like, and I don't. No offense to Ray Winston, he's great in The Departed, he's great in other stuff, but he's really bad in this. Mm -hmm. um, but just going back to that Shia performance, I think that the dynamic that he has, the whole father son thing is so brilliant and so great because it plays on the dynamic from the last film. You know, you have Indy meeting his estranged father and them learning to kind of coexist in Indy's whole search for the, the cup, uh, you know, the, the search for the divine mirrors, his search for love of his own dad. And it's so good. This one inverts that makes 
him now the him now the father to an estranged son, which I think is really smart. Doesn't quite pull it off as well as that first or as that third movie, but you were never going to because that's just the perfect dynamic between the two of them. And I think that yeah, they they really have good chemistry as father and son. Um, so really all around huge huge fan of this movie. And even going because I rewatched all four of them like almost back to back. They, it feels of a piece. They all feel like they're one thing. It doesn't feel like there's three and there's one. It feels like these are all Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to retcon. I think this movie is still canon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, like, I, I don't want to, like, eat, well, there's, like, hints of, like, the on IMDb that, that like, he, that that it's still canon. I'll just leave it at that. I oh, don't yeah. Wanna, it's like, it's definitely going to be canon. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, better. yeah. I, I feel like yeah. that'd be such a. A cop out kind of pussy thing. move to be yeah. honest to be like oh yeah. well they didn't like it. nah man come on yeah like like it's like I know the trailers like show like oh he's alone and stuff but it's like Mary and and, and yeah like Mutt they they are their own people like I wouldn't be surprised if Marion and 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 Mutt are just like off you know like adventuring and mm-hmm. stuff like that and Indy's just like I'm too tired you guys go on you know go go you know go adventure with your mom I'm too tired like I'm gonna I'm staying home and stuff yeah yeah Mutt isn't but gonna then, be in the fifth one wherever Sala was in this one uh-huh exactly exactly mm-hmm. yeah yeah no I I you you said it you pretty much said it really well Derek, with the whole like going into the fifties, and and I feel like Spielberg and Lucas have always been very big fans. Uh, I mean, as as most directors, like now at their age, they were very big fans of the films that they saw growing up. Mm-hmm. A lot of swashbuckling films, like pulp films, and then the B science fiction films of the fifties. So it was a great evolution, and I think they also just really liked the fifties a lot. I feel like they had their own nostalgia for it with. Um, American Graffiti. There you go, American um, Graffiti. Yeah. Um, and, and and yeah, just like I saw the Fableman, so I can tell you, Spielberg definitely has some nostalgia for that time period. <laughs> there you go, exactly. And I think like he did a great job with it, and I really dug it. I, I it was really nice because again, yeah, you know, I think people just like the era before with like the Nazis and everything and kicking Nazis' asses, and I'm like, that's cool, of course, you know. But I felt like Indy peaked when he got his book signed by Hitler. At that point, <laughs> yeah. where I was like, okay, you can't really do anything else in that era anymore. Let's, you know, kind of move on. And now I feel like he, it, it, I shouldn't say peak, it should be feats kind of mm-hmm. thing, where he survived the nuclear bomb. And he, like you said, he sees the big old mushroom cloud and he meets, kind of meets aliens. And, and the per, what I love the most is that the flying, the, the ship is a flying saucer that makes perfect sense for the B movie mm-hmm. type of uh, genre they're trying to get. And and also too, one of my favorite scenes in just films in general is the greaser versus jock scene. Yeah. Yep. That's the fucking shit, man. Like mm-hmm. I remember like I just almost jumped out of my seat. You know, I was kind of a greaser a little bit in high school. Uh not like super, but like, you know, I did my hair and I listened to like stray cats and, and rockabilly and stuff. So I was like, Oh man, this is fucking rad. This is super cool. And then it it, it just it just perfectly captured that moment where I was like, how do you not like this, man? This shit is so fun. And yeah, man, it just, yeah, again, it's it's one of those things. It's so that, that whole moment is so awesome because it's like the greasers, like it's so awesome that the greasers like instinctively know, like one of their own is in trouble. Like he never, he doesn't even touch the ground. Like the greasers grab him. And it's so, it's so awesome of a, of a scene. And like yeah, like this the you know, the classic like switch switchblades get popped off and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And then See, that too. That that was an awesome scene and, and such an uh Jones kind of tra- trait of when Kate Blanchett has like, you know, the the sword at, at, at Mutt's throat. And he's like, Wait, wait, wait. And he grabs his his uh his um comb and combs his hair. It's like <laughs> both such a greaser move and then as well as like a son of indiana jones would do like give me give me a second kind of thing yeah i so i also wanted to just kind of touch on that i feels like this is kind of the end of an era for spielberg and i think that this is a a lot of people like the reason this got delayed so long is because spielberg and lucas and ford like i said could not all get in alignment and i think that really 
Spielberg has really changed as a filmmaker. He's a lot in the eighties. He was a lot more of a kind of, you know, he would do, he would do like Indiana Joneses and stuff like that leading into, you know, Jurassic parks and jaws like that. And he would still do his serious films, but it feels like over the years now he's much more interested in being like the prestige, like the Fablemans, like this mm-hmm. uh, Spielberg, the Munich Spielberg. Uh, and he's gotten less and less interested in the kind of being the pop Spielberg to the point where I feel like a couple of his more recent pop movies haven't really hit uh, the same way that his old, like the classic Spielberg was. And it felt like this was kind of his last hurrah of doing a real old school Spielberg movie to a point where I'm like, I'm very glad that the new one is going to be done by James Mangold because he does still have, you know, after, you know, after seeing like Logan and 310 to Yuma and a lot of the great films that he's done, I feel like he does still have those kind of old sensibilities. And I think that might be why the things that don't work quite as well in this movie might be because Spielberg's kind of uh, getting a little less interested in it, but he still clearly really cares for the character. And it felt like, I don't I don't think he knew he was like this might be my last indie. So I'm going to really put a lot of my love into it and it felt like kind of Spielberg's love letter to not just Indiana Jones but to this whole style of movies that he would make. I don't know if that makes any sense to you guys. No, yeah. It it does, yeah. And and I and going on to like Indie 5, I am I I feel confident about like the direction how it's going to look. I I and especially seeing like, you know, clips that I think like the the style is gonna look good. I'm very thankful that like the that the deep fate to make Harrison Ford look younger looks really good. I think mm-hmm. they got probably the same guy that they did for for Star Wars, who's like actually gotten even better than he was in in I mean in Mandalorian for Luke. Um, so I'm very happy for that. <laughs> like they won't be any hopefully no no visual hiccups like that and. Uh, I think James Mangold is gonna do do pretty good. It, it's just it's just like like the the story and writing that that you know it, it's like I'm hopeful and and just hesitant kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, cautiously optimistic is how yeah. I would put it. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the same. I I wish it would be Spielberg, but at the same time, it's kind of like you guys were saying, like he kind of you know, I like Ready Player One. But it does kind of get old. Like, I love the book. And I really like the movie when it came out. But it does kind of, like, you kind of get over it kind of fast. Because that's like I feel like that's a, the the last big poppy one he's done lately. And, and like, yeah, I, I, I would like him to do it. But I don't think it would have the same punch like Indy 4 or the older ones. But, yeah, I, I think I'm also cautiously optimistic as well. Like, I'm glad it's another director. Because at least I could put the blame on him, but I hope it's good. I don't want to, you know, talk down on it. But yeah, I'm consciously optimist, optimistic you, you, as well. Yeah, you never want to see a director come back to a franchise because he feels like he's obligated and he's just mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. is worried that someone else is going to do it. I think that was one of the problems of the Hobbit trilogy is that mm-hmm. they needed somebody quick after um, they couldn't get Del Toro anymore. Like, ugh, I wish I could have seen Del Toro's Hobbit. But, you know, that's why Peter Jackson yeah. came back so fast. And it's clear that he his heart wasn't in it. And I think that Spielberg's heart probably wouldn't be in Indy 5. So I don't want him to do it. It feels like obligate. I want somebody who really cares about Indiana Jones to come and do it. And I think that he does. And since we're talking about, like, love letters, this is going to be John Williams' last film is Indy 5. Mm-hmm. And, Fuck. like, I I can't, like, that is the man who scored my childhood, my entire life. Like, Like, there's so many endless iconic themes that this guy has done and it's just a perfect movie for him to be like this is it this is the last one this is the series that he's been doing since the early 80s and for him he williams is 91 now i think and for him to just be like yep like he's been scored like he like Mm -hmm. he he was been doing films since like he was like a working on like sunset boulevard as like a studio musician this guy is he's he's an icon uh, mm-hmm. So I, I'm just so you know. Last year I got to see the every year at the Hollywood Bowl they do like a John Williams tribute, and I got to see him 
conduct a bunch of these iconic scores live. And one of the ones he did was he was like, well, you haven't heard this yet, but I, Jim told me, go play it for the people at the bowl. So here's the new theme from Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character in Indy 5. And it was like, oh my God. And we got to hear it. And it just made me so freaking excited for this. And, you know, this is his last ride. This is obviously going to be Harrison Ford's last ride. It just seems like this could really be a, a really great send-off to this series and this character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got lucky to see it at, at Celebration, Star Wars Celebration. Um, he he performed like the op- essentially like the opening theme of a movie, as well as that that additional the the Phoebe Bridger kind of theme as well. And it, it's such it's you know it's John Williams. It's such a great score already. It sounds like, mm-hmm. and it, it definitely like he's always just always capturing and. And going off of like uh, Spielberg's heart might not be in it, but John Williams' heart is like just <laughs> always in the things he he writes, and he always like loves when he gets to like return to characters or return to franchises. He just like skips back in and stuff. Like it's like there was no time has passed, and and yeah, it, you definitely it's gonna definitely feel like that at least from from the score point of view, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, kind of. I guess to kind of bounce off of that, what? How can I ask this? Is there another franchise that you guys really love, where it would be kind of a similar situation where somebody would come in to do like a legacy sequel? I guess, like, because this is essentially a mm-hmm. big old sequel. Would you want the original director to come back, or would you prefer it? And which franchise would it be? It would depend, like, I think, like, going off of what, what, you know, we've been saying, if the director's heart is truly into it, then yes, for sure. But I think that we've been seeing, and we kind of, I was kind of having this conversation with, with the bro also, because we were talking about, like, he had brought up, well, while we were watching, he brought up, like, the very forgettable, like, Tomb Raider movie that had recently come out, not the Angelo and Julie ones, but that... And going off of that, it takes people who are big fans and have passion for this. And that's why, like, projects like like The Last of Us was the example that I used for him work so well. Because, like, Craig Mason is such a passionate person (laughs) for The Last of Us that he just, like, Audi that story and like took it as his own and he's like no I know what to do with this and I'm gonna like ad- adapt this as a fan would adapt it to and so I think that it very much takes that passion and that is like we were kind of continuing with that conversation that we had it's like kind of like what the lull is happening in certain like franchises and things like that and that's why the heart is kind of like not there anymore and it's like you need to they need to find that respark to it so i very much feel like um for a legacy or legacy you know sequel to work it has to be with passion and the writer go down to the writers to to the directors to almost everybody on 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 set like that passion feeds through the screen yeah, I think, you know, that's an interesting question. And I think that a lot of the films, I think this is probably my favorite film franchise of all time, if I'm being completely honest. Like, there's nothing else that that is in the same ballpark as indie for me. But even the ones that would maybe come close, they've already done legacy sequels to, you know, your Jurassic mm-hmm. Park. Um, st- uh, uh, but I think that, I think it's a good idea to to get some fresh blood in it. And that's why I think Blade Runner 2049 did so well. You get somebody like Denny Villeneuve, who is a brilliant filmmaker, and you get to see his take on what would be this this world. And that's, you know, something else. That's a movie like starring Harrison Ford this, years later. Um, you know, I, I know that there's been some talk about it, but they, and I, it, it goes back and forth about The Rocketeer possibly getting a legacy sequel. There's, hasn't been any word on that since I think about the pandemic. So not sure where the state of that is. I would love Joe Johnston to come back because I think he's still is, is a filmmaker that is interested in that stuff. But uh, another one that I was thinking of is it's a movie that came out the same year as 
84. And I think that once 15 years has passed, that qualifies as legacy sequel territory. I would love to see a Speed Racer sequel. I would mm-hmm. love it. And I would love the Wachowskis to come back. I would love because they are still just the way they did their legacy sequel for the Matrix, which didn't completely work for me, but I liked what they were trying to do. They clearly still had the passion in what they were doing. They still really wanted to tell this story. So I don't, maybe maybe somebody else, but I do love the Wachowskis so much that that would be cool to see another Speed Racer movie because that's like that's an all time great movie for me. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Alan, how about you? Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of had a hard time even answering my own question. Because <laughs> um, I feel like there's already, like you guys were saying, there's already legacy sequels. Mm-hmm. Like There's know, like already a Mad Max, you know, Mad Max, stuff like that. You Mad know, Max. then George Miller came back. He still had it, so. Yeah, because he had he had the passion. He exactly, had, that was yep. like, like, he still felt, I think that's where it comes down to. It's like, he still felt like that was his baby, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Whereas, like, I think that. Spielberg was like uh, is now yeah he's like it, it's not my story anymore like I, he's he's disconnected from it whereas George Miller is like no man I I like uh, Mad Max is my life kind of thing <laughs> like he just loves it so much yeah sorry to cut you off Alan mm-hmm. oh no no you're good you guys are good um yeah there's already I, I guess yeah you kind of answered mine a little bit because like Scream Five and Scream Six. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Scream 4 was kind of a legacy sequel. And I wouldn't say, because it was like maybe like 10 years out, when it, maybe 10, 11 years, and Wes Craven was still there. But then Scream 5 and 6 came out way later. And they do have, you know, fresh blood on it. And, and they've been doing pretty well with them. So I can't really complain too much. I think it's, I think Radio Silence is doing them. God, I had another one and I just spaced out. Oh, um, there's one, one I thought, uh, but, but like... I, while it's had sequels, sorry to cut you off, Alan. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'll, I'll give you. It'll give you some time <laughs> to think. Um, but one that like uh, I was reading, like, oh yeah, that would sound like a really cool sequel, is um, Home Alone. Essentially, mm-hmm. like maybe ha- like there was one like, kind of like um, internet fan pitch that of of like essentially like it isn't Kevin that's like Home Alone. It's actually his mom is home alone like recently widowed mom is like home alone it's like the roles are reversed like kevin is trying to get back to to his mom and so and and yeah like having what's her name uh from schitt's creek and the mom um, Catherine O'Hara, yeah uh, yeah mm-hmm. Catherine O'Hara in that kind of role like it would be really awesome to to kind of like pull that off so that's one legacy thing that i actually like oh i would really like that and i like that idea so yeah we took it all we brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I think maybe it, it it really needs it because every other horror icon has been getting theirs as of late, and it would be Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. obviously Wes Craven, and it kind of goes back to Scream as well. He couldn't can't do him anymore, but I think a fresh like Fresh Blood would be able to do a pretty good job. I feel like that series still has a lot. I mean, they went the meta route at one point with new nightmare and i know robert england just recently said he's like i can't do it anymore i wouldn't be able to play freddy but i don't think it necessarily needs to be a reboot because that one was not good or the remake wasn't good but at least continuing the story somehow down the line mm-hmm. what would be pretty interesting i mean yeah like you guys said there's already so many franchises that are getting them it's kind of hard to, to yeah. pick one but um What's one that you're like, no, please, 
no more. I, I don't want one at all. Back to the Future. Now for making yeah. it back to the yep. Future. I think that's yeah, that's the key future. one. I think yeah. that's the key one that everyone agrees on. Yeah, that's what. That, yeah, mm-hmm. and I think probably they wouldn't be able to even make one. Mm-hmm. Well, like it's just after like we've died anyways. So. Yeah. It, well, uh, didn't the the it's like famously like he has the rights like it's not until he dies that yeah they can Robert make back to yeah 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 and I think it's like after that person dies you have to wait like seventy two to hundred years or something like that yeah that, that's why like um oh sorry go ahead I think you had well I was just gonna say like that was gonna lead me to something else but go ahead oh no I was just gonna say like like I think um. Like Disney recently, is that the whole thing with Mickey Mouse mm-hmm. going to public domain? And then, like, uh, Sir Arthur Conan yeah, Doyle. Disney, I, yeah. I, I Disney's know great at, thing. like, finagling public domain. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I, I think there was a whole thing with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle with, like, Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. where I think now everyone can use all the characters or something like that. I think for I think for a while he was publicly do- public domain, but there was something where they couldn't use everything. Now you can use whatever you want in a way. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, what I was just going to say is, talking about Back to the Future and why we're so like, oh, no more, is because that's a complete trilogy. It's a story with the beginning, a middle, and an end. And it ends so much like the future is what you make it. You Like, it ends very definitively, but still very open-ended for the characters where it's like the whole ending is like you can do whatever you want. And like, that's a story. It's done. There's no more end. And that's what I... But, and that's the reason why I'm just kind of bugs me that people are like oh this is like a trilogy is because the indie movies aren't like that at all the indie mm-hmm. movies are solo adventures he just goes on a thing and he does a thing and he does grow as a character like you can track his growth from temple of doom which is the first movie chronologically where he is a real piece of shit all the way up until four where he's like really grown a lot as a character so his character still grows but each of those are individual stories and it's never like it's not like oh like let's just make a new Lord of the Rings that's set after Return of the King or something like that, you'd be like, what is this nonsense? But the reason that Indy 4 works and why Indy 5 can work is because these are just individual stories. Nothing about the previous ones was damaged by this one existing. No matter, even if you didn't like the movie, which I know a lot of people didn't, it doesn't take away from those first three. Those first three are still great, perfect adventures. Indy still rides into the sunset at the end of three. It doesn't take, it doesn't diminish them in any way because his story is still going. There's not a end point like there is in Back to the Future or Lord of the Rings or all of these other stories. You can keep telling Indy stories. That might change with five. I feel like five is going to be kind of a definitive end, but four did not take anything away from the end of Last Crusade mm-hmm. at all. And mm-hmm. that's something I've really thought about a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I but I and I don't I don't think that he's gonna die in the fifth one. Like they can't. I, it, they killed Harrison Ford already <laughs> in a in a beloved franchise. I don't think they'll kill him off. Yeah. I think like yeah, it will be just like another ride into the sunset. But it'll feel like okay, he's like he he'll, is like officially done. announcing like yeah. I'm retiring and yeah. stuff like that. And then and then you know much shows up on the scene and like doesn't take the hat. But he's just like, hey, you know, like he applies for for because Indiana Jones is retiring. He applies to the college. That that's how you do it. Well, I mean, I would be surprised <laughs> if Mutt came back just given Shia, you know, and how yeah. kind of problematic he is. Uh, but uh, I would, you know, what I would love to see. I want to see that, but maybe with Short Round. Bring Short Round back into the fold. You know, mm-hmm. let yeah. Short Round be like the one to carry the the like not be well, the new yeah. indie, but kind of like ha- like continue on the legacy, I guess. Like a spinoff. Yeah, of, I would. Yeah. Lo- I would honestly watch a Short Round Disney Plus show. Like, I would watch the shit out of that. Mm-hmm. I think it, if Kiku Kwan like you know came back like uh, two years before he did, and like if everything everywhere all at once didn't like happen two years earlier, like he would definitely would have been included in in this fifth movie. I know there's there was there's time for reshoots between there's been about a year since that took hold and and when this one came out so you never know I think that maybe maybe I don't know what we're I, I mean, don't know because oh, they didn't just, they hadn't seen each other they barely the first time that they saw each other was at D twenty three I'm just saying there yeah. there's time for reshoots since like then the movie, there's the lots movie. of time for reshoots on these movies so <laughs> you never know and you know it's a it might be a pipe dream but that would be really cool but yeah I don't know. Uh, any any last thoughts on Indy Four or just Indiana Jones? 
Go check it out. It's a great <laughs> film. Fucking don't listen to the internet because usually they're wrong a lot. So definitely check it out. Yeah, like, and then if you were one that like, oh, I didn't like it when it first came out, give it a rewatch. You know, mm-hmm. just keep, take it in with like your more matured eyes. Yeah, take off and... the nostalgia goggles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, the one thing I'll say, just you know, watching these things as I did, just all in a marathon. Yeah, like he does grow so much. Like from that starting point in Temple of Doom, when he's all about fortune and glory to one of his last lines in this one being about how knowledge is their treasure, how completely he's... It's its really a cool character arc to watch back to front. So I, I recommend doing a marathon to anybody before you go see the new one because it's its a rewarding experience. But yeah, thank you guys for, for letting me... Fi- like I feel like a weight has been lifted off my chest that I can finally go on the internet and say, guess what? You guys are fucking wrong. Indie 4 is great. I'm really glad you guys are on the same side as me and back me up with this because it's, it's, I can breathe again after 15 years of just like loving this movie. But thank you everybody for listening. Check out all of our other stuff. We do a number of other podcasts. We have our Patreon. Check us out, Undercast Company, on all the socials. Uh, Ariel, you have your podcast. Want to mention that to the kind people? Yeah, I have a podcast you've never seen that comes out at the beginning of each month. Um, And so, yeah, go and check out those ones as they come out. Yep, yep. And then, you know, like I said, we've got our Patreon-exclusive podcast. Um, So if you do sign up to be a patron... Uh, you can get that podcast, and if you sign up at our highest tier, you can actually, after being a patron at that level for six months, suggest us a movie to uh, to cover on this show, and we'll do it. And in fact, next episode, we are going to be covering a, our first patron-suggested episode. Our first patron to stay at that highest tier for six months has suggested to us Jackie Brown, so I'm very excited to talk about that one. If you, too, would like to suggest a movie for or to... We will be required to talk about it after six months to talk about you can sign up for that uh, highest tier it's just five dollars a month and we will discuss it uh so looking forward to doing some more of those in the future definitely check out my other show can i say something that i do with my friend damien and i uh, just want to shout out a couple podcasts that i've guested on recently they also did a episode recently on temp or on Crystal Skull, uh, the Matt and Mark movie show, but the episode right before that, I was on talking about Across the Spider-Verse. Had a lot of fun doing that. Always love being on that show. We've all been on in the past. Um, and then check me out on, it was a little while ago now, but because um, we're recording this on the future, but uh, check out my appearance on Japan on Film, where I got to talk about uh, Kagomishu, the Japanese film from uh, Akira Kurosawa uh, that I had a lot of fun checking out. But yeah, that about does it for us. And um, until next time, guys, keep looking for that fortune and glory. Bye. Thanks for being amazing. Thank you, Jerry.